at First Peter, First <clears throat> Peter this morning, and uh, we're going to be looking at chapter number four, First Peter chapter number four, and uh, kind of what they were singing is kind of going to be going wrong with what we're going to be preaching this morning, and uh, that is um, the subject of prayer. So we've been talking about this idea here in First Peter chapter number four that the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. It is, uh, it, and, I, and I, uh, I say this statement for, uh, for Christians that know that the end is near. We, we know the biblical concept that of the imminence of Christ. It could happen at any moment, at any time. Uh, but sometimes I think we forget that it's later than we think. It's later than we think. Have you ever, um, you ever been real busy one day? And I mean, you get you get all you got all you get all your stuff done, and you finally sit down for a few minutes, and <clears throat> you look over at the clock, and you go, "Oh my goodness, it's eleven o'clock, or it's twelve o'clock," and you think to yourself, "How in the world did the whole day get by already?" and um, it's way later, this way later than I think it is. And um, not only is that true time-wise, but that's certainly true um, uh, in, in, in relation to the end times and uh, what we're living in uh, today. Look with me, First Peter chapter 4, in verse number 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister... Let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as he speaks these things, and and Peter uh, 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 uses this terminology, he really gets to a culmination. And you know it's a culmination. Uh, uh, Amen is kind of the... New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament word in the Psalms, Selah. So Selah is stop. Don't, don't go one more. If you ever, if you ever read in the Psalms and you're ever going through the Psalms and you see that word Selah, it's a, it's a, it's a Hebrew transliterated word. Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And sometimes we just read a word and we just kind of skip by it. Well, to skip by that word is to ignore what that word means. What does that word mean? That word means to stop. It means to pause. It means, I need you to think about what I just said. So as you look at the Psalms and you see that word, it's a time to stop. Well, a culmination of what Peter is saying here is the word amen. Now, amen doesn't necessarily mean stop. It means, so be it. That's right. That's the truth. So when you're saying amen, if you're saying amen to a song, you're saying amen to a sermon, or you're saying amen to something, you're agreeing with what's being said. 
So sometimes you have to be careful where you're saying amen, right? And uh, so why? Why? Because you're saying, so be it. That's the truth. And so Peter's giving this list of things, these things that we should be doing, these things that we should be accomplishing uh, in our Christian life. And then he says, as a culmination of these things, he said, let me tell you why we're doing these things. Let me tell you what the purpose. Do you believe God has a purpose? I do. I believe God's got a purpose for everything he does. I think God's got a purpose for every, not only everything he does, but God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a purpose for my life. I believe God's got a purpose for everything he says. So when God says something is word, there's a purpose behind that. You know, one of the purposes is in Romans 8, Romans 8 and verse 28, right? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And so and God is working all things together, right? He's working all things out. One thing about God. Now, there's lots of things about God. But one thing about God. Think about this. God knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, right? So what do we know? Well, we know what happened yesterday. It, for, for some of you have a good memory. Some of us don't even remember what we had for dinner last night. You know? so, but we remember yesterday, right? We, we, we know right now, but we don't know the future. The only future we know is the future God tells us. Otherwise, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next week holds. We don't know what next month holds. But understand this, God does. And so God takes the yesterdays and the todays and the tomorrows and He works them all out and He has a plan. And He has a plan for your life and He has a plan for my life. So what is God saying? So God's saying, okay, we need to pray and we need to have charity and we need to, we need to do all these things. Why? So ultimately that God might be honored and glorified. Do you realize that everything, the culmination of the entire Bible... The culmination of what God has done throughout history is ultimately to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's absolutely the the central theme of the the Word of God is that God might be honored and glorified. You know, there's sometimes we get uh, misunderstanding. Sometimes we feel like uh, um, that we're the center. Right? That... Yeah, God blesses us, but really, he, he, he really ought to bless us. I mean, we don't say this out loud, but man, when God got me, he got a good deal. See, our problem isn't often, I'm not saying it never is, but I'm saying often our problem isn't that we don't, that we don't think well of ourselves. The problem is we think too well of ourselves. That's often the problem that we have. And we have this idea that, uh, that, that God is a God of love. Is he? It's not a trick. I think sometimes you all think I'm tricking you. Isn't it? I'm not just on a trick. God is a God of love. Is he a God of grace? Is he a God of mercy? Is he a God of long-suffering? Aren't those all great things? I mean, those are... But can I tell you something? I mean, let me blow your mind a minute if you don't know it. But that's not God's number one attribute. Love, grace, mercy, long-suffering, those are good. I love those, right? Don't you? I mean, we think, often we think God's number one attribute is His love because for God so loved the world. You know, everybody knows that. I mean, 
I'm convinced even some people in our government know John 3.16. Now, not all of them, but some of them uh, know John 3.16. So, because God is a God of love. But understand something. God's number one attribute is holiness. God is holy, therefore he's love. God is holy, therefore he's gracious. God is holy, therefore he's merciful. Do you understand that God's number one attribute is holiness? That is why God cannot look upon sin. Because of the holiness of God. I mean, we've got to understand, that's why God's a God of balance. He's a God of perfect balance. Because when we're out of balance, the Bible says a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. But a, but a just way is his delight. And so God is, wants us to be balanced, and God has a, got a perfect balance. That's why not only is a God a God of love and grace and mercy and long-suffering, but God's a God of judgment, wrath, right? You see those in the Bible? See, we like to, we like to take a penknife and take all that stuff out. We don't... We don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to talk about the devil. We don't like to talk about sin. We don't like to talk about... We don't like to talk about... Listen, preacher, you're just being negative. Take out the negative. You know two-thirds of the gospel is negative. We are sinners. We are lost. We are undone. I'm not here to pump your ego. I'm here to tell you, you are lost. And without Jesus Christ, you will die and spend eternity in hell. That's negative. I understand that's negative, but it's still truth. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ died a terrible and horrifying death. Now, that's positive for you and me. But that was negative for Jesus Christ as He willingly gave His life and suffered and bled and died upon the cross. Do you understand? There are negatives in the Bible that need to be taught and that need to be preached. But aren't you glad he didn't stay dead? I say this all the time. There's something common with religion. It's common amongst all religions. They had a leader. He lived. He died. He's dead. He lived. He died. He's dead. You can go to his graveside, you can go to his tomb, whatever it is, and you could say, he is dead. What's the difference between Christianity? He lived, he died, he lives forevermore. You understand the difference between that? And praise God, he rose again, because if he did not rise again, you see the Sadducees had a problem with that, didn't they? They didn't believe in the resurrection. Well, we have a problem if there's no resurrection. Because if there's no resurrection, then we don't rise. The only, re- the only reason we have hope, the only reason we rise again is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate that here not too, too long in, uh, in, in, in April when it comes to Easter. What is Easter about? Well, yeah, it's, it's spring and it's pretty decorations and this Easter bunny and all the things that people do. But let me tell you what the Easter is. Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is. Easter's an, Easter's an important holiday that we celebrate as Christians. Why? Because it is our hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the fact that we serve a holy God. Read with me again in verse number 11. 
If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do so as the ability which God giveth. Listen, here it is, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. And he says, so be it. That's the truth. And I'm going to tell you something. You can swallow it or not swallow it. It doesn't change the fact that it is the truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so it is later than we think. And because it's later than we think, we need to get sober. What does that word mean? It means to be serious. We need to be, we need to get serious as Christians. We need to get serious minded in our thinking. What did we say last week? Let me tell you what we need. We need to get our heads screwed on right. We need to get our perspectives right. We need to get our priorities right. We need to get our eyes off this world and the things of this world and get our eyes on Christ. Let this mind be in you, the book of Philippians says, uh, that was in Christ Jesus. We need to have the mind of Christ, and we need to be sober in our thinking. Let me talk about the, uh, the second thing here. We find it in verse number 7. But the end of all things as at hand, be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Not only do we need to be sober in our thinking, but we need to be strong in our prayer. We need to be strong in our prayer. Do you believe that God invites us to pray? All two of you. Okay. Yeah. Do we believe that God, do we believe that God answers prayer? Of course we do. Not only do we believe that because the Bible tells us so, right? By the way, that should be the number one reason we believe things. We shouldn't just believe things because somebody said it. We shouldn't just believe things because we've experienced it. I want you to know something. There's a big danger in basing your theology and basing what you believe off of what you experience or off of what somebody else experiences. These books, it's become, it's become almost a phenomenon now. But you remember way back when the first book came out about people that died and went to heaven. And they went to heaven and they experienced such and such and then they came back. Now, I'm here to tell you, I can't tell you what you experienced and what you didn't experience, but I can tell you what the Bible says. So we don't base what we believe on what we experience. We base what we believe off the Word of God. Do I believe, do, do I believe that there are people out there that can foretell the future? Yes. Why? Because I do believe that there is satanic power out there. Do I, do I believe that there is some crazy things that are going on uh, uh, in, in our world today? Yeah, I believe those things. Yeah, I do absolutely believe those things. But I believe that you have to be careful. You have to be careful on what you believe and why you believe it. Well, I'm here to tell you something, preacher. I believe it because that's what I was always taught. Yeah, but where's your basis? Because if it's in a person, 
How, 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 many, how many people in here, let's be honest with yourself, how, how many people in here have been wrong in their lifetime? Mm-hmm. Okay, put your hands down. How many people have been wrong like this last week? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many people have been wrong today? Are you right? I mean, we, I mean it, it don't go, you don't have to go back far to realize that we can be wrong. Some lady, she, she comes in, she comes into We Ones every, every, every season. And um, she, she banters. I mean, she just banters and banters. Well, she said something. I said, oh, well, I'm wrong. She said, a man that admits that he's wrong. She, that's just the way she is. I, said, it, I, I went back at her and said, it don't happen often, lady. But, you know, every once in a while. But we, we can be wrong, can't we? That's why we don't base what we believe off of what man says. We base what we believe off of what God says. And what God says in His Word is more important than what man says or what tradition says. So we've got to believe in God and His Word. And God says that we need to have a healthy prayer life. If we believe that God invites us to pray, and if we believe that God answers prayer, then why aren't we praying? Why is it the statistical data on Christians... Listen to me. The average Christian, 20, this blows my mind. And this has been a little while ago. Only 28% of church-going Christians, only 28% have what would be called a healthy prayer life. I, I don't know about you, but that's an awfully low percentage. I'm talking about more than just praying for your food. I'm talking about more than just uh, praying, Lord, as I lay my head down on my pillow and I help me to sleep. I'm talking about a healthy prayer life. I'm talking about times that you commune with God. Sometimes I think we relegate prayer to, uh, uh, to, the, to the children's ministry like we do some of these other songs. And we teach our kids these cute prayers and there's nothing wrong with those. And there's nothing wrong with rote prayers. There's nothing wrong with a, a, a book where you can read prayers. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. But let me tell you something. God wants an intimate relationship with you. Amen. Amen. I've heard people say this to me. I just don't know the words to say. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You may not pray publicly like, Oh, Father, Thou art so wonderful and... We as your people love thou. You you don't have to talk to God in Elizabethan English. God wants to talk to you. Do you know, let's think about this for a second. You know, God knows more than one language. Ever think about that? So so when when a Chinese believer prays in Mandarin, God's not looking for an angel to interpret for him. God understands Mandarin Chinese. God understands English. God understands whatever some of us speak. I don't know if it's English or not. Whatever it is. Southern. Whatever it is. And God understands that. So it's not about the words that we use, is it? It's about having that intimate relationship with God. We ought to be comfortable. Do you understand that? Do you know what the Bible says? That we ought to go boldly before the throne of grace. You know what that really means? That doesn't mean that we talk to God with disrespect. That's not what that means. 
It means that we're comfortable talking with God. You ever get nervous around certain people when you're talking to them? Let me tell you, it took me one time misspeaking to my dad once, uno times, before I ever talked to my dad like that again. So every time I talk to my dad, I'm a little bit nervous. I, I have respect for my father, my, 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 my earthly dad. <laughs> Why? Because it only took him one time to put me in my place. And so when I'm around my dad, listen, I'm, I'm careful what I say. You know what I've never said? You know what I've said one time and never said again? Call my, call my dad the old man. Yeah, that, that, didn't, that didn't cut it. Now, some people do that, and it's... A, sign of endearment. I understand that. But I never made the mistake again. And understand this, we should be comfortable enough with God. Respect. Don't, Don't misunderstand me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We ought to be, we ought to be uh, respecting God for who He is. Not the man upstairs, not our good buddy, but the God of heaven. But we can still go to Him and be comfortable talking with Him. Do you know why we're often not comfortable talking with God? Because we don't talk to Him enough. We need to have a healthy relationship with God through prayer. What is, what is prayer? Really, simply, prayer is communication with God. It's communication with God. You're going to be hard-pressed having a healthy relationship without communication. Some sort of communication. When we were dating, when my wife and I were dating, I was still in the military. Let me tell you, I'm talking about communication. This was back before cell phones. No, some of you think, what? Yeah, you used to have to go and pick up a landline, you know. And when I was when I was in the military, we'd go into port, and they'd have they'd have. Um, you remember those? You remember those things that Superman got changed in? Yeah, they used to have those on the, on, on, the, on, the, on the dock. And so we'd go out there and we'd have to take turns calling. And man, they'd rattle you. we have a whole line. Get off the phone. we got to call our wife. Get off the phone. We, and we'd call. And they'd have calling cards. Anybody remember calling cards? Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. One time, and I'm not joking, one time I had to get an advance on my paycheck to pay my phone bill. Why? Because all I could think about was communicating with my sweetheart. Every chance I get. If I wasn't in port, I didn't care if I was overseas. I didn't care where I was. The very first thing I did was, call, was called Wendy. And I mean, it, why? Because I wanted to communicate. You want to communicate with the ones you love. Does that make sense? We want to communicate with the ones that we have a relationship with. How in the world can we say we have a healthy relationship with God if we never talk to Him? God says, be strong in your prayers. There is never, and there is no such thing as spending too much time in prayer. Can you imagine? You're on your deathbed, and you look back, and there's always going to be regrets, right? You're going to look back and say, I wish I would have done this, and I wish I would have done that. I'm glad I did this. 
There's nobody on their deathbed going, you know what, I just spent way too much time in prayer. (laughs) I wish I would have just cut my prayer time in half. I mean, I've been at a lot of deathbeds, and I've never heard anybody say that they spent too much time in prayer. Now, I've heard people say I haven't spent enough time in prayer, and I wish you would have spent more time on things that are important, but never that I spent too much time in prayer. Watch unto prayer, Peter says. Know what's going on around you so that you can pray effectively. Do you know sometimes, i give you just an example. Sometimes we pray for our missionaries. Do you pray for your missionaries? I hope you do. But sometimes we pray like this. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would bless the carnies. And I, would, I pray that you would bless their ministry. Is that good? Sure it is. But isn't it even better when you pray and ask God to, you know, bl- bless Jeff and Elizabeth? Because that's the carnies that we support. That's their names. And Lord, would you bless the... The, this certain ministry that they're doing, or would you, would you bless the, the amount of money that they're trying to raise for... You see, get to know them a little bit. Knowing your surroundings, knowing what's going on, helps us to have a better and more healthy prayer life. So we can pray not in generalities, not just in generalities, but pray specifically. Have you prayed for your church? I hope you have. Lord, I pray that you'd bless our church and help us to have unity. I pray that you'd help us to, uh, to have uh, uh, visitors, help us to win souls. I hope you pray in general. But then I hope you pray specifically because I hope you pray for me. I hope you pray for my family. I hope you pray for some of the needs that I have. You know what? You can't do that if you don't know what's going on around you. The problem is we're so consumed with ourselves. Sometimes when you pray... Do you, ever, do you ever pray for your needs? Of course we do. Lord, I need such and such, and sometimes people know about it, some people don't know about it. You see, the Bible says two things about our burdens. The first thing it says is that we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So you've got a burden. It is my job as your brother in Christ to help you with that burden. Sometimes it's to help you uh, physically with material things, and sometimes it's just prayer support. Lord, bless so-and-so, they're sick. Bless so-and-so, they just, Brother Randy just had his surgery. Lord, uh, bless the surgeon and help him to uh, perform the surgery well. Help him to, uh, uh, to recover well. Help the incision to be... And we pray specifically for other people because we're, we're bearing their burdens. But you know the Bible says, the second thing the Bible says, it says to bear your own burden. You know, there are some things that Brother Randy might be going through that he's not sharing with other people. And one of those reasons is maybe because none of your business. You know, social media is absolutely, uh, social media drives me insane. It drives me crazy. Everybody knows I don't have social media. Everybody knows that I, I, just, I can't stand social media. I just can't stand it. Because we feel like everybody else's stuff is our business. I don't know how many times that I have to, when somebody, somebody passes away, I have to tell people, listen, don't put it on social media until the family wants it on social media. Everything is so instant anymore. Boom, 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 boom. And we put everything out where everybody knows everything. Well, some things we want people to know, and some things are our own business. Therefore, bear your own burden. 
So it's good to pray for yourself. But let me tell you something. We ought to spend a good amount of time in prayer praying for other people. Sometimes I can't sleep at night. <clears throat> a lot of times I can't sleep and I don't sleep very good. And so sometimes I'll be laying there and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll read my Bible. Sometimes I'll write a sermon. Sometimes I'll read a book. And sometimes I'll just sit there and, you know, they always say count sheep. That's just a lie. It, you can count, I can count sheep until a million and not fall asleep. But I'll lay there and I'll start thinking about people. And I'll start thinking about, you know what, so-and-so, you know, has this need. Maybe the Lord's got me awake to pray for sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. And you know what that turns into? Oh, yeah, somebody, somebody else is, and then, and then somebody else. And you know what I get to do? Honestly, I get to, because I don't require a lot of sleep anyways, I get to spend quality time in prayer because it's quiet. Everybody's asleep. My my. My thoughts are calm, and I get to spend some quality time praying for other people. So you got to pray for yourself. you got to pray for other people. But you know what a good portion of our prayer should be? Just talking to God. Just telling God how much you love Him. Just telling God how much, how much you're thankful. When's the last time you prayed and didn't ask God for one single thing? You ever think about that? Because I think about that. When I think about that, I think to myself, like, listen, when I pray, obviously you're praying, for, you're praying for something. But when's the last time you just talked to God and just sought His face and not His hand? And then what Chronicle says? To seek His face and not just His hand. What does that mean? It means just telling God how grateful you are. Telling God, I, now listen to me, does God know that He's holy? Sure He does. Does God know that He's perfect? Yes, He does. Does God know your heart before you ever speak it? Of course He does. But He sure loves to hear from you. You know, my dad, my my dad knows that us children love him, but he sure loves to get a phone call every once in a while. Say, hey, Dad, I was just calling to, to check in. I love my kids, but it's sure good to hear from them every once in a while. Not just when they need money. Not just when they need something. Do you ever get this way sometimes? Ring, ring. Hey. Oh, hey, what you need? Why else would you be calling? You know, I get, I get on the end all the time about it. So listen, sweetie, call more than just when you need money. She don't mean it, obviously. We know that she loves us. But isn't it good? Isn't it a wonderful thing to hear from somebody just to say, hey, just, she, she, texted, she texted me yesterday. Hey, Dad, I just want to let you know I love you and wanted to see how the sale went. I almost in jest tested back how much money do you need, but I didn't because I know that's why she was calling. She just, she just texted and saying, hey, listen, I was just thinking about you. You know, God already knows your heart, but what is he looking for? He's looking for a, a relationship with you. God wants you to take time with Him and for Him. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Mark chapter 13 and 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. God says over and over and over again that we need to pray. You want your kids to turn out? Then pray. 
You want to do right and stay right? Then pray. You want the church to grow? Then pray. You want souls to be saved? Then pray. You want the devil off your back? Then pray, pray, pray. Because guess what? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you know what that means? That means when men, when we get fired, we need to get fired. Let me tell you something about church. Let me tell you something about Christians. We need to get fired up. I mean, we get fired up over everything else. We get fired up over sports. We get fired up. Listen, Kyle was, I was in and, and I was doing something in the chair and Kyle was playing a game. He's playing this game. He lost the game. I mean, you would have thought somebody killed his puppy. I mean, he pitched him a royal fit. He threw his controller. I said, I hope you broke it. He's yelling and screaming at the TV. I'm saying, do you think the TV can hear you, son? I mean, he was into that game and he was fired up. Y'all laugh. Y'all get fired up over stuff, too. I mean, we get excited about things. We get excited about sports when our team wins. I mean, we'll go to a sporting event, come home, and we can't even talk the next day. Because we're screaming and hollering from the, you know, the 180 row of the bleachers. You can't even see without, you know, without binoculars. And we're screaming and hollering. They can't even hear you. And you ain't no better staying at home yelling at the refs through the TV. Why? Because we get fired up. Let me tell you something. When Brother Allen is watching Alabama, don't walk in front of the TV. The, the kids do army crawls as they go underneath the TV. Man, he loves his football now. We get, don't we? we, we and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what that means? That means we have passion. But man, why doesn't it bleed over in church? Why doesn't it bleed over in our Christian lives? Why don't we get excited uh, when we hear a song? Why don't we get excited when we read the Bible? Why don't we get excited when we have church? Why don't we get excited about things? You know why? Because we're too busy grumbling. And if we're too busy grumbling, we don't have any time to be excited. Man, we need to be fired up. You know, we're fixing to have Bible cons. We ought to be fired up about it. We ought to be out in our neighborhoods. We ought to be telling our families. We ought to be telling our coworkers. Let me tell you something. We're having a, we're having a Bible conference at church. I'd love to have you come. We ought to be fired up about our church. Excited about it. Excited about the things of God. Excited about the Word of God. Excited about prayer. We don't have to pray, church. We get to pray. And the, that prayer, that effectual prayer, let me tell you what it'll do. It'll avail much. It'll accomplish something. You know what gets me fired up? When I pray and God answers my prayer? Amen. <laughs> You're talking about getting me fired up. I mean, do you... And I want to tell everybody, do you see what God has done? Do you see what God has accomplished? Do you know that when we pray, God not only hears our prayers, but God answers our prayers? Can you imagine with me just for a second that little old you, little old me, who are we? I mean, ultimately in the world, who are we? I say it all the time, jokingly, my mom forgets my name sometimes. Nobody knows who I am, but God knows who I am. God knows my name. 
God knows the very number of hairs that are upon my head. God knows me. And God wants me to speak to him. God invites me to pray to him. Does that amaze you? It should amaze you. I can't even imagine how excited some of you would be if the, your favorite college football team coach invited you over for dinner. Just dinner and a conversation. Man, you'd drop out. You'd quit your job to go do that. I mean, so excited. I mean, you'd have a list of things to say. I mean, you'd keep that coach until he kicked you out of his house. And we pray. Lord, I'm going to sleep. Well, I love you. Good night. That's, our ex- that's the extent of our prayers. The God of heaven. Can I clue you on something that I hope you already know? God's more important than the college coach. He's more important than a, than a dignitary. He's more important than a president. He's more important than anybody in this world. So... We need to spend some quality time in prayer. We need to, we need to be, be the person. This, this should be the goal of every Christian. I want to be the person that other people come to and ask to pray for. You know why people go to you and ask you to pray for them? Because they know that you pray. They know that you're a prayer warrior. They know that you'll spend time for them in prayer. We need to spend that time in prayer. It's later than we think. And we must, listen, we must redeem the time through prayer. I don't know what to pray for. Come see me. As a matter of fact, come see anybody. I promise you they'll give you a laundry list of things. That you can pray for. I mean, there are people sick. There are people away from the Lord. There are missionaries. Man, let me tell you something. We could spend the next year praying for our government. That's the only thing we pray for. We could spend the whole year praying for our government. Praying for our so-called leaders of our country. The garbage that's going on around the world. I mean, you talk about, you want something to pray for? Why don't you pray for these innocent Ukrainians? Pray for these people that are suffering, these Christians that are suffering over there because, because, of, because of leaders that don't have any sense and because of leaders that don't have any guts. I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of things to pray for. The problem isn't a lack of things to pray for. The problem is the lack of passion to pray for those things. God, help us to see the importance of everyday prayer in our lives. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just think about it this morning. I, you don't have to say anything out loud. I just want you to think about it in your own head. How much time, how much quality time do you spend in prayer a day? You know the number. There's no sense in fooling yourself. It's not something you're sharing publicly. This is just something I want you to think about in your own mind. I can guarantee you that 